We interrupt this broadcast to bring you Kids and Their Dog, the Scooby-Doo Movie Review and Recap Podcast, starring Cassidy, the Hanna-Barbera talking animal. <laughs> Lava. They them. <laughs> also, my pronouns are she and they. <laughs> also, we have a, a, our final guest. Our final guest for our final episode. Who was also our first guest, coincidentally. Yeah. This is true. It's me. I'm back again here at the very end. Sweet You're here Charlie. to kill the podcast. <laughs> I'm here to kill your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is me, Charlie. The pronouns are he, sir, and he, him. Um, yeah. Uh, this is, um, it's the last one of these. Charlie, uh, you've now been on this program five times. That's more than how many years we've done. Yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. I'm glad for each and every time I've been on this podcast. Yeah. Glad to have you. And it was a good one, too. Yes. Technically, every appearance is also in a different year. Yeah. Weird, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. July, uh, May, September, September. What is this? February. Yeah. Wild. Um, and just think, I came on this podcast because the first time, because I, because I had a crush on Cassidy. Aw. And, and now we're engaged. That's true. That's awesome. That's the that's the true power of Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we should have like a, a retrospective or something to talk about right now, but I really just I don't. It's not hitting me yet. I mean, Maybe in like a week it'll hit me. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't have to take notes on another movie anytime soon. That feels weird. Yeah. The, the only month we missed was that first uh, January. Yeah, and even then we did like a little bonus thing. Yeah. I don't remember what the bonus thing was, but we did do a bonus thing. Yeah. I don't remember either. I think we talked like about crossovers. Maybe? That sounds familiar. I think uh, we talked about what if Scooby and the gang met the Ninja Turtles. I think that was one of the things we said in that episode. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, let me double check. But when I checked for news the other day, there wasn't any. Let me see if there's still none. Maybe they're going to prolong this podcast one more month. Maybe. Granted, it would be kind of a little bit in the future. I won't let yeah. them. I have to be your final guest. <laughs> well, as long as there are Scooby-Doo movies, there will always be the Scooby-Doo podcast. That's true. So Technically, it's not the last episode, because yeah, they will make just, another movie eventually. You'll just have to join each and every one. New co-host. Yep. <laughs> New co-host. It's me now. You know, I, I mean, plus... technically, you'll be the last guest until we have a new guest, so you don't need to keep showing up until we have someone else show up. That's, That's true. true. You know, I've listened to two podcasts where that's happened, where it's been, like, two people talking about something, and then, uh, for the first time, it was, they kept having this person guest on their podcast, so eventually they're like, just be a part of the podcast. Nice. Uh, and then the second time was, uh, a podcast Cassie listens to, it's the Legend of Zelda podcast, where, uh, Cam's wife just became part of the podcast, eventually. Hmm. And the show was better for it. Yes, mm -hmm. I agree. 
Alright, um, I guess in that case we'll just start going through questions. Um, we'll start with the questions that are new. Uh, so first question comes in from Crest at FantasyCrest on Twitter who asks, what was the frustration what was the frustrating Scooby movie to review out of all of them? I imagine there's the word most supposed to be in there somewhere. Um, probably, probably one of the ones that are far below on our list. Um. Out of sheer pain, maybe? I mean, that would be the most frustrating movie to, like, watch. I'm not sure if that would, um, you know, because, like, there are some where we've had a hard time coming down on how we feel about it. Yeah. I can't tell you what any of them are. No. But they exist. Yeah. Um, like, off the top of my head is obviously going to be um, Batman Brave and the Bold, which we just finished last, last month. Mostly out of sheer what could have been, because I'm yeah. still not over what could have been for that movie. But then again, that's more of a Batman thing and not a Scooby-Doo thing. So maybe it doesn't quite count. Um. I feel like a lot of the movies that end with us just talking about, like, but it could have been this. Yeah. Sword in the they Scoob. Are, they're the most frustrating. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think Return to Zombie Island also is, like, a top-tier frustrating one because that entire movie was frustrating. Yeah. That one was... I can't believe... <laughs> I'm remembering now. Um... <laughs> because our guest on that episode was like, hey, so at the end of the, the Zombie Island episode, you were saying, well, at least they didn't do this. And then in this one, they did that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it broke me. I started laughing for like five minutes. <laughs> I think the thing about Return to Zombie Island is that it didn't, it, they shoved it into another continuity. And that just frustrated me so much. Because it made... No sense to have yeah. the zombie island continuity and whatever they were working on at the time continuity, like that string of movies that all had like a that one po police officer. Yes, the sheriff. That guy. Like it. It made no sense. It made the movie so incredibly weak to make no sense, and then they didn't have a good plot on top of that. So. That one was pro that honestly, Return to Zombie Island. For here's the thing about Scooby Doo movies, right? They happen like twice a year, barring you uh -huh, know, that's true. pandemics. They're very much cash grabs. Like they are. That's just how they are. Return to Zombie Island, though, is the nostalgia cash grab. That's even worse. Even though. Technically, all of Scooby-Doo would be nostalgia. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. It's banking on that 90s kid nostalgia, like everything is doing nowadays. And it's just like, at least put some soul into it. Put care. Make, think about what you're writing. Please. Goodness. Uh, Charlie, of the four movies you've been on, what was the most frustrating one to, to rank? <laughs> to review? Hmm. Maybe Alien Invaders? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Because I feel like the other movies I've been on for, like, I really enjoyed them. Or, like, they had some, like, really wild stuff, like the Kiss movie. Mm-hmm. I think the Lego movie was very just, like, this is an average Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So there's not, like, much they could have done wrong or better. 
Alien mm-hmm. Invaders was a movie I, I watched a lot as a kid, and then coming back to it now and realizing it wasn't as good as I thought made it a little bit more frustrating, as I wanted it to be better. No, I remembered it being better when I originally used to watch it, so that's what I would pick. It tracks, considering Alien Invaders is um on the bottom of our list on those technically five so far. Four. But for so far, soon to be five. five. Presumably, we're not going to be ranking this movie under Alien Invaders. No, no, I don't think so. No. How do you feel? Although about... I could see an argument. Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that Witch's Ghost is number two, and it was your first guest spot? I was always really happy that Witch's Ghost was like at the top of the list for a good long while. And like, I understand why it got moved down to number two, but it just makes me really happy that the first episode I was on. It's such a good movie, mm-hmm. and and well, like it makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. And and I don't even remember when we shuffled things around, but Cyber Chase getting moved back down, I think, really benefited us. Because yeah. would we have ranked anything to get Cyber Chase to to line fourteen if we hadn't done that? Um, I don't think it would have gotten down that low, but I do think Camp Scare obviously still would have beaten it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and once it does that, you know, it puts it into more likely to get beaten by other stuff later. Yeah. I think Goblin King would have beat it. Yeah. I think those two for sure would have beaten it. I could see you arguing your way out of the others. Yeah. I, I was really, my heart was really set on Cyber Chase. Gotta love that nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, next question comes in from Benny, Ben Active on Twitter. That's Ben with two N's. Um, who asks, who's a good boy? Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Sorry, what was that, Charlie? I said it's Scooby, right? Well, let me, let me pitch this. Okay. Abandoned as a pup. He was found by Muriel. Yeah. Aww. And her husband, Eustace Bags. Courage is also a good boy. Yeah. They're all, they're all very good. Alright, um, and now we have a series of questions that, um, <laughs> don't touch that dial, this is not a rerun. But I could understand if you were confused. <laughs> Tanner, current display name Tanner, Bo- Tanner Bullies Mono Blue Players, at Sparky Upstart on Twitter. Uh, they ask, what's scarier to run into at night? A vampire or a vampire? Vampire. A because vampire. it can run. Yeah, it can run you over. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, but you could hide from that off of the road. That's true. That's true. A regular vampire can turn into mist, get you anywhere. Yeah, but I'm not afraid of vampires. That's true. What's the airspeed velocity of an unladen American para- an unladen American pterodactyl ghost? I don't remember the joke anymore. <laughs> um, um, just a quick Microsoft Bing search tells me that uh, it is believed that pterodactyls could fly up to 80 miles an hour. Okay. Mm, okay. But take that with a grain of salt. Uh, if Scooby was a fairy in Precure, would he be a type 1, type 2, or type 3? I feel like we've discussed this before. <laughs> Uh, we have. Because this was a question before. Was I here for it, though? Um, probably. Probably. Because that probably would have been the, uh, 
the kiss episode, if I had to guess. Listen, Scooby's firmly a type one fairy. Thank you. I I would say it would be fun if Scooby was a type two, though, and had a transformation. I don't know. We've seen an interpretation of human Scooby-Doo, and I don't like it. Hmm, okay. Alright, you can go on. If Fred Power Ramager, Ascot? Yes. 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 Who out of Mystery Incorporated got weirdly excited about Destiel, if any? I think we said Daphne. Daphne? Like, my instinct was Daphne, probably again. Um, But I do think it would be really funny if Velma was also one. But, like, Mm -hmm. on the down low. I was also thinking Velma. (laughs) Yeah. Is Eidolon Rock a Scooby-Doo? I think so. Um, Eidolon Rock. I I have had to specify this before. Eidolon Playtest is a podcast actual play play playtesting a RPG called Eidolon. Become your best self. It took me a while to remember the subtitle. I kept wanting to say the interstitial one. Gotcha. No, those are two different. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Eidolon Rock is a sub-series within that series about a group of um, uh, members of a mob from Vegas and their talking fox sidekick. Yes. Imagine playing like a Scooby-Doo game in Eidolon Become Your Best Self. Imagine playing a Scooby-Doo game in every possible system. Mm. We've done it once. For one system. Charlie, bring me on Otherware to be in the dimension where it's a Scooby-Doo. Uh, okay, I will do that. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. Yeah. We could have it like Sheen other stuff. Does the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny still hold up? Yes, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. If you cut, like, all of the Chuck Norris bits out, it's probably fine. Yay. What would Scooby and Shaggy do ooh for a Klondike <laughs> bar? And again, for the third time... <laughs> I will say that it should be what would Shaggy and Scooby do? <laughs> Anything. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think we had this discussion of like, would they though? I think it like, would be along the li- same lines of the gang saying it to them as if the the Klondike bar was a Scooby snack. Yeah, I just, I don't know if, I mean, I guess like, what's the appeal of a Scooby snack, you know? Yeah. Honestly, though. Is it more or less than a Klondike bar? I'm going to make a controversial statement on your podcast. What's your controversial statement? Klondike bars suck. They're not and that And I don't good. like them. Mm. They're fine. They're, they're ice cream and chocolate. And that's just, always good. But they're very messy. I don't enjoy ice cream that has a hard shell on it. Ah, okay. I like it because it does. Because I like that texture combination. It's like, but I can understand why not. I kind of prefer the hard shell with the nuts in them, like the, mm-hmm. the I, I don't remember what the specific ice cream is called. You can get like a Heath Klondike bar that I think has that. Yeah, the crunch. I love the crunch. Yeah, Klondike crunch. That's a good one. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just meaning like the crunch. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I like a Klondike bar. Um, and I don't find them messy because I still eat them while they're in the wrapper. Like, I eat it like I'm eating a fast food burger. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. Um, I can understand why people don't like them, but yeah. I like them. It's okay, Kathy, you can eat all the Klondike bars. <laughs> you don't have to worry about me stealing them. Um, final question. 
Go over by that helicopter? No. That was also another one of our guest episodes with you, Charlie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the origin of that bit. I don't think that question came up in it. Oh, that's that probably good point. would have been from an anniversary episode, if I had to guess. Probably. I have a question. Hey. What's your question? So, uh, so I have two questions for you. I, d- I was going to send them in, but I decided since I'm going to be here, I'm just going to ask it to you. All right. So the first one is, how different do you think the show would be, both shows maybe, if you swap the dogs? Um, I think they'd be very similar. I mm. just think the yeah. amount of sli- slapstick would change, depending. Yeah. Because Courage the Cowardly Dog, um, who is one of the two dogs in question, uh, is yes. a bit more slapstick than a Scooby-Doo is. Surprisingly. That's true. It was really interesting watching this movie and having that slapstick introduced to, like, Scooby, for example. Because it felt, it almost felt correct. Just a little off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 hmm. I like the idea of, of Courage, who is almost always alone on his adventures, having yeah. Shaggy there to also be afraid and be brave. I also, I, I've been thinking about this since watching the movie, um, of, like, what if new Scooby-Doo series... But it just takes place in nowhere. And they're oh. just solving nowhere mysteries. That could be really cool. You keep the same gang dynamic, but they're dealing with, like, all the the creepy stuff that happens in nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, it would be really interesting because I feel like we would still get lo- a lot of unmasking. Mm-hmm. But it would be weird unmasking. Like, um... I'm... Oh, God. Go go ahead. I'm trying to look up a Courage character now. Kind of similar to what happens in this movie, maybe? Although not to this extent. Maybe. There we go. Fred. Fred from the episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog called Freaky Fred. Oh, God. <laughs> Muriel's nephew. Oh, God. I'd forgotten about Freaky Fred. Hello, new friend. My Ugh. name is Fred. Ugh. The words you hear are in my head. I say I said, my name is Fred, and I've been very naughty. <laughs> god. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to rewatch that show. It's like, I think it was one of those cartoons that I actually watched all the way through, but man, I'd forgotten so much. Yeah. This, okay. <laughs> uh, there's a bit here on this wiki page um, <laughs> of Eustace calling Fred something that uh, extremely sounds like this is what Shaggy would say about this character. Oh no. The freak's a barber. A freaky barber with his own freaky barber shop where freaky things happen. (laughs) Freaky barber things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (sighs) Oh, and uh, my second question. Do you think any of your answers have changed since the uh, start of the podcast? And by answers, I mean to the questions you ask of your guests. Here's the thing. Yeah? I don't remember them anymore, and I don't know where the notebook that I wrote them all in went. Um, slushy flavor. My answer was blue raspberry, I think? Probably. And pizza toppings, which was, for me, spinach, which has not changed. 
Either it was blue raspberry or, or cherry, and I don't remember which it was. I think mine was cherry, which I don't think has changed, but I haven't gotten one. Oh, I have enjoyed the Baja Blast slush of recent, but I don't mm. know if it's enough to have changed my answer. Mm. I mean, I haven't had a slushy since probably high school. So even at the time that I first answered this question, it was probably out of date information. And then the last question, I think, did we ask only three? Um, there would have been pizza topping combinations. There would have been Scooby Doo character you relate to the most. Yeah, yeah. And then your favorite series, and yeah, that's, that's basically right. it. Um, I don't know about favorite series for me because I haven't really watched a Scooby Doo series. Um, but hmm, yeah, I I'm think not the sure. only. I think the only one that's changed for me is my pizza topping combination, which these days has been um, pepperoni, pineapple, and jalapeno. Ooh, nice. Yes, I'm familiar with your pizza. That you just can't eat any of. <laughs> yup. <laughs> that sounds like a very interesting combination. Like, I'm trying to imagine what it tastes like. I think... Um, it tastes pretty good. I said, uh, when I first guessed it. This is quite a while ago. It was like mushroom and onions, probably. Which are still pretty good, but I think I really like uh, roasted red peppers uh, as well. Those are pretty good on pizza. Alright. Um, I guess it's time Yay. Uh, to talk about the show. And by the show, I mean the movie. Yes. And the movie is Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo and Courage, the Cowardly Dog. Uh, this is a crossover film between Scooby-Doo and Courage, the Cowardly Dog, um, star of the Courage, the Cowardly Dog show, starring Courage, the Cowardly Dog, abandoned by a pup, he was found by Muriel, and who lives in the middle of nowhere with her husband, Eustace Bags. It's like creepy stuff happens in nowhere, so it's up to Courage to save his new home. Yes. Charlie and I watched this movie together, and I had to pause the movie to play the intro to courage the cowardly dog so that way charlie would remember what courage is about <laughs> yes it's been a long time since i watched courage understandable uh this film was released on dvd and digital on september 14th of 2021 it was directed by cecilia aronovich hamilton written by michael f ryan and produced by cecilia aronovich hamilton and sam register um I'm gonna I'm gonna take a detour before I talk about uh the uh the voice acting talent to talk about some other trivia. Uh so John R. Dilworth, the original creator of Courage the Cowardly Dog, was not involved with this movie. Uh and Maxwell Adams, creator of the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and director of a couple or yeah. Was it more than one or just the one Scooby Doo movie? I think there were two. Uh yeah, because he's also on Sword in the Scoop. Um, he was approached to direct this film, but he declined after learning that John R. Dilworth was not going to be involved. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, according to animator and artist Tracy Mark Lee, the film's original premise was pitched as an episode of the television show Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, but then was taken to become a whole movie. Uh, Marty Grabstein and Theo, or Theo White reprised their roles as Courage and Muriel Bags, respectively, um, while Jeff Bergman voiced Eustace Bags, taking over from Lionel Wilson and Arthur Anderson due to the latter dying 
with the later two dying in 2003 and 2016, respectively. Mm. The only other time Jeff Bergman has voiced Eustace was in a commercial advertisement for Cartoon Network's 20th anniversary back in 2012. Huh. Uh, and this is also, unfortunately, the final acting credit of Theo White, who died during surgery on July 30th of 2021 due to liver cancer. Oh, no. The film is dedicated in her memory. That sucks. Aww. Uh, but also, this isn't the only time that Scooby-Doo and Courage the Cowardly Dog have crossed over. That's true. Um, prominently, there was a, uh, like a, a Halloween event in October of 2000 called Scooby-Doo Cross Courage the Cowardly Dog that involves the gang going to the house in the middle of nowhere. Um, anyway, so now it's time for the, the voice acting talents. Uh, we have Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones, Great Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blank and Frau Glockenspiel, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers, Kate Micucci as Velma Dinkley and Velma's Tablet, Jeff Bennett as The General and self The Self-Help Book, Jeff Bergman as Eustace, Computer, and The Mayor, Marty Grabstein as Courage, Clown, and Mr. McGill, Chuck Montgomery as Lieutenant and Mr. Glockenspiel, Paul Scheffler. Sh- Sh- oh god, I should have looked up how to pronounce this. You know, I'm just in a room with Scheffler. If I got it wrong, um, you can correct me and then I'll say it on the next episode whenever there's a new movie. <laughs> how about that? Uh, doing the voice of Cats, LeQuack, and the Nowhere Newsman. And Ooh. Theo White as Muriel and a rich old lady. And that's everything you need to know before we talk about the film. Do we have anything else we want to bring up before I start getting into it? Nope. We open on the gang unmasking a clown, except they don't unmask him just yet. Um, because Shaggy and Scooby stop and take a bunch of selfies with it. And they're doing this audiobook self-help thing to stop being so scared of things like clowns and selfies. Yes. Uh, and the first step is doing something they're afraid of every day. Um, do we want to do an unmasking for this clown? Do we want to unmask this clown? Derogatory. <laughs> I mean, we could, but here's the thing. the We find out later that the clown shows up again and is yeah. just a clown. I think he just puts the costume back on. Yeah, he's just he's just the clown going forward. So honestly, we don't really need need to. Anyways, he's a bank manager who took the job to pull the heist of the century. Yeah, you know what? I didn't realize that he put the costume back on. Oh, yeah. It's a good design, by the way. Like, it's yeah. a yeah. fun character design. Like, it feels reminiscent of, like, an old Scooby-Doo clown, but, like, modernized. Yeah. Yeah. And it fits really well with the, the, the fact that it is Courage the Cowardly Dog aesthetics as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Um, meanwhile, as Velma is in the background describing the situation that they apparently just finished, um, Scooby-Doo is starting to hear a very strange noise and has the classic hypnotized, um, eyes going yeah, on. Yeah, it turns into Ka from the Jungle Book. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and for some reason he's dancing. It's like, he's just kind of like shaking a groove. Um, yeah. so he gets... This is never brought up again, but he stops being able to understand his uh, friends. 
Except for when they say Scooby-Doo. Except for yeah. they, when they say Scooby-Doo. I thought this was going to be an important plot point, but it never shows up again. I also thought that this was just going to be for like the rest of the movie, but no. no. I thought it was going to come up once more. Like The dancing doesn't really come up again except for in a second. Um, it's it's strange. Yeah. Uh, the dancing comes up if only because it's it, it produces some really fun visuals later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, the only thing this whole misunderstanding of other people uh, ends up being is just to scare Scooby Doo and make him run away, which he does, mm-hmm. uh, much to Shaggy and the gang's uh, complete distress. Something about like just the way Shaggy reacts is just like, dudes, Scooby Doo just ran off. It's like it's so <laughs> real to me in a yeah. way that I don't fully understand why. It's like, it just... it's like, it's the reaction of a pet owner whose dog has just run away. You yeah. Know? It's like, oh my gosh, why did my dog just run away? We gotta go catch him before something bad happens. This is like if you, like, saw a dog in the front yard get off its chain and start running, and then you, like, had to run into the other room really quickly to let someone know what was happening. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very real. It, it sounds weird. But it, it's real. Um, meanwhile, we immediately cut to Courage, who is apparently also well, having the same problem. No, we have, we have some stuff before we cut yeah. to Courage, the cowardly dog. Oh, my notes are out of order. Right. Um, so they just leave the clown. Yeah. <laughs> and the clown's like, listen, I get it. And he puts his mask back on, and he takes the money, and he runs away. Yeah. <laughs> listen, if I was this clown, I would do the same thing. Like, they left me behind. There's no one else around to stop me. Uh, apparently, Velma had put a tracking chip in Scooby's collar so that they can find him. Definitely put it in his collar. Definitely didn't just chip your dog. <laughs> um, and then we cut to see Scooby running past a, no- a welcome to nowhere sign and being in that kind of desert plain that, uh, you know, that, that nowhere is. Uh, more weird sound stuff keeps happening to him and he ends up in front of a farmhouse. Inside the farmhouse, there's Courage. You know, the cowardly dog. Yeah. He's also suffering from... You know, the farmer. (laughs) (laughs) He's also suffering from the sound stuff, uh, and then Eustace scares him with the mask to get him to leave him alone, so Courage runs outside. And it's just suddenly nighttime now. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he runs into Scooby, and they both are spooked, and then they do the dog sniff. You know, the famous sniff that dogs do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Scooby asks if he's if Courage has also heard the weird sound with the dancing. And Courage, Courage is like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they laugh about it. It's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they're were cook friends, these two yeah. dogs. Yeah. Um, but, but of course, it's, it can't, uh, you know, be cute any any longer because suddenly there's a group of giant cicadas they call the them ground. cicadas but when they're, they're in not. the baby forms they just look like giant spooky scorpions to me yeah <laughs> um but they come crawling out of the ground and then we get the intro and it's themed about a circus but also like about like boardwalk games it's such a yeah. good intro it is like honestly speaking the intro could be its own little short film itself this could have been a um, boomerang cartoon groovies bumper. Yeah, 
alongside the Jabberjaw one and the Josie and the Pussycats one that takes place across multiple genres of music. I remember they used to do little music videos. A lot, like, not really bumper, that, but There was that Ed, Ed, Ed like. one. Yeah. About them being turned small. Yeah. And put in the dollhouse. It's very early Cartoon Network. Um, um, but yeah, it's good. It's got, like, a bunch of old Scooby monsters and Courage monsters across it. Yeah. I was a little confused when it started, because I'm like, why is there suddenly a circus in this movie? <laughs> the circus comes to town. I just remembered that that was, um, it's, it's reminding me of the ending credits music of, I believe, Big Top Scooby-Doo, mm. that I thought was really good. Nice. Anyways, um, Scooby and Courage try to keep the monsters in the ground. Um, but just as they're about to fail and too many bugs are coming out, the mystery machine rolls up and just runs over all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and except for one which Daphne gets out and hits with a croquet mallet, sending it flying. Mm-hmm. Velma's like, hey, these are big cicadas, and also they have slime on them. For some reason. Yeah. Doesn't really come up again, also. Yeah, the yeah. slime doesn't really matter, I guess. I, I thought the slime was going to be some, like, radioactive material that's causing- Nope. They're just, you know, slimy. I thought it was going to be, like, leaking pneumatic fluids, and this wasn't going to be fake monsters. Yeah, or, like, um, machinery oil that's glowing yeah. for some reason. I don't know. But nope, it doesn't really come S- up again. Uh, fear toxin. <laughs> Scarecrow's here again. <laughs> uh, Muriel comes out of the farmhouse looking for courage, and then sees the, uh, the gang outside, and they're like, well, would you like to come inside for some cookies? Yeah, it's like Courage has made some friends. Always lovely to have friends of Courage come in. Uh, and th- as they go inside, we see a grown cicada sitting on the roof. She's chilling. Um, inside, Eustace just sort of stares at the gang and then calls them stupid meddling kids as they head into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Muriel this- asks Courage. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, this whole s- sequence coming up is just so delightful. It's very domestic. Uh, here's the thing, is that I think Muriel is possibly the greatest thing that could have happened to the gang. Yeah! I love this grandma just interacting yeah. with these teens. She immediately basically adopts them, and it's like, oh, I'm, it's, it's so much fun hearing about your little adventures, solving riddles. Yep. <laughs> it was thing, delightful. Yeah. Is that there's like a good number of older ladies out there who are just like this. Um, there's this lady that I deliver to as part of my work. I visit her like every other week mm-hmm. for this. Um, and we just like sit there and chat sometimes. She's real sweet. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. Old ladies can be nice is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she asks Courage to unclog the sink with his delightfully small paws. <laughs> um. uh, and reveals that she's like, oh yeah, this uh. This is a roving group of tinkerers. <laughs> and then later riddle solvers when they try to explain that they solve mysteries. Yeah. Um, and while they have their conversation, the dogs are in the background dealing with the, a hairball monster that they pulled out of the sink. Yep. Yeah. That uh, Courage ends up shoving back into the sink to get rid of. That's definitely how I got there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Muriel has a riddle for them. What can travel around the world while staying in a corner? A stamp. I'm going to leave that silence. I'm going to leave some silence in so that way 
uh, <laughs> folks at home can try to guess the answer. <laughs> Uh, Velma got stumped by the riddle. Mm-hmm. Which is, a think, ru- is going to be a running gag. Yeah. I think it's a very funny running gag. I like the idea of Velma just being bad at riddles. Yeah. It's like, it's a wordplay kind of thing instead of like a science kind of thing. Because like lateral thinking is extremely more of like what Daphne's good at yeah. these days, which I think is a fun, like, this is how they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poor Velma. She's so upset by not being able to get it. Yeah. But Muriel's just so encouraging anyway. Just yeah. like, well, of course, I mean, listen, I only know these because I've been around for so long. I'm such an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're smarter than any riddle. Um, um, Courage gets really worked up trying to explain to Shaggy that he has just like, he's just had a big cicada <laughs> on his back the whole time. Yes. Yeah. It's such a classic Courage joke. I love it. Um, like, and then Muriel's like, oh, it's just a bug. Hold on, Daphne, open the door. I'm gonna get the broom. And she <laughs> she basically just sweeps it out. It's amazing. She sweeps it out distantly into the horizon where it explodes into a mushroom <laughs> cloud. Yeah. Uh, I love Muriel so much. Uh, and between the dog sounds that got them here and uh, the bugs, Velma's like, ah, there's a mystery here. Let me explain to you how dog sounds work. Yeah. Um, Shaggy just feels real grossed out about having a bug on his back. And he's sent to go relax in the living room. Watch some TV. And this is part of, like, where I'm first like, oh no, Muriel's just an incredibly cute grandma to this group of kids. Yeah. Yeah. So Shaggy, Scooby, and Courage are all sitting, and they decide to listen to some of the self-help book. And it's talking about being scared with friends, and sharing your deepest fears. I thought the self-help book thing was going to turn out to be something sinister yeah i yeah. thought i thought this was gonna be cats i thought cats was gonna be behind this i also agree i thought it was going to be part of the plot but no it's, also sorry it's it's probably because this has definitely happened in a courage episode before where this kind of thing has been sinister in the past it's like, what if what if the computer from Courage was evil? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just a genuinely nice, like, self-help book that Jaggy, Scooby, and now Courage get some benefit from. It's nice. Yeah, yeah and we don't even ever, like, find out who did the self-help book. No. I thought that was at least going to be a thing. I thought that was going to be, like, a cameo where they run into someone who was like, oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah. But it's no- called Help Yourself. Yeah. But so yeah, Shaggy's like, oh, I'm terrified of spider monsters. Scooby doesn't like space aliens. And Courage just shapeshifts into a bunch of the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby don't understand what he meant, but they they understand. They, get they understand it. fear. Um, and then Eustace is just there. I think it's incredibly funny how at no point, like, later on, Shaggy starts calling him Courage, but like for the most part, he's just like, Oh, the pink little dude. The little yeah. pink dude. Yeah. The yeah. pink dude. Little pink dude. Courage is people. He's a he's bipedal. No feathers. Behold man. a man. Behold <laughs> a man. Um, but yeah, so Eustace was there the entire time while they were sharing their fears. And then, you know, he scares them. Yeah, of course. Uh there's a knock at the door. Daphne is the one who ends up checking it because Eustace refuses. And there's just a letter. It's an invitation to have dinner at the mayor's mansion this evening. Pets welcome. We have a mayor? 
We have a mayor. I did not know we had a mayor. Oh, how delightful. And Eustace is like, well, I'll go because there's free food. Uh, And so the plan ends up being that the dogs are going to be riding with Eustace in the truck while Muriel rides with the house painters. Yump. There's a new riddle. At night, they come without being fetched. By day, they're lost without being stolen. What are they? Velma still can't solve a riddle. No. It's the stars. Uh, Meanwhile, the big cicada just steals Eustace's truck with the dogs inside and rams the mystery machine. Um, and as it's like coming up behind them, and this this part got like a legitimate <laughs> laugh out of me. Uh, as Fred's like, "Oh no, there's a big ugly monster in that truck," and Muriel's just like, "Call him Eustace, dear." <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it's really good. The gang uh, ends up getting spent spinning towards a cliff, and then they're nearly rammed off by the cicada. And they get chased along some canyon cliffs, and then they turn around to chase the cicada for a bit, but then cicada in the truck cut the rope bridge so they can't be followed. But while Fred was fixing up the paint job on the mystery machine before, <laughs> Daphne added um, some new stuff, such as nitrous. Yeah! Uh, and then they just jump the cliff, uh, and then they keep ramming into the cicada some more. Scooby's like, alright, courage, I got an idea. Just grab the wheel. And then they break the wheel off. That was yeah. not part of the plan. And so the the truck, having no control, gets sent flying off a cliff. Um, and so the mystery machine grapple hooks it while anchoring itself into the cliff. And both vehicles are just sort of dangling off the, the side as the cicada flies away. Uh, Scooby grabs courage and they climb up the line to safety. And then Eustace just shows up out of nowhere to complain about his truck. That's yeah. Sco- Shaggy's just like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And then it impales itself on a rock and explodes. Uh, I felt kind of bad for Eustace here because he really loves his truck. Yeah. yeah. It was a goof of, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And then, like, it slowly makes its way down. Because, uh, like, like, when it's making its way down, it is, like, safe. It's, like, rolling yeah. down those, like, mm-hmm. teetering rocks that exist. Yeah, the only damage the right then is, like, the wheel being gone. Yeah. And then it just impales itself on a spire. Yeah. Maybe it's explodes. still fine. And then it explodes. Yeah, because, like, yeah, the bed of that truck is, like, made out of wood. You just put some new planks in there. It's probably fine. Not yeah. anymore, though. Nope. Uh, and then they all end up at the mansion of the mayor, which is kind of spooky looking. The doorman just slams the door in their face, and then Fred shows the invitation, and they get let inside. The, the, no- the knockers on the door, by the way. The knockers on the door are skulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the paintings in the room are like Courage Dale monsters. Um, they get led and they're told to stand in the dead center of the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's a Haunted Mansion joke. Um, the chairs in the room all come to life and they're monsters. Yeah, they're yeah! just there. Yep. These um are never mentioned again. They're just there. Well, um, here's the thing, is that creepy stuff happens in nowhere. Yeah. And I guess they explain that tangentially, because they explain why creepy stuff happens in nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes your friendship comes to life and tries to eat you. Yeah. yeah. When the, the chair monsters first come to life, they start growling, and they're like, hey, Shaggy Scooby, is that you? And they're like, listen, <laughs> no, we we have trained our stomachs to growl at a frequency lower than any range of hearing. <laughs> Both humans and dogs. 
It's out of a sense of modesty, you see. Because it always happens. It would be the only thing they could hear if it was always hearable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they all, like, break up and they're all fighting the furniture. Except for Shaggy and Scooby are in the corner listening to more self-help. A bit that's very specific about, do you ever feel like you're in a room full of furniture trying to eat you? <laughs> and then, um... If so, I can't help you. And then the self-help phone, like, the phone! Develops arms and goes to hide in Shaggy's pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. very funny. <laughs> uh, the mayor shows up and is like, hey, through here, and leads them out. And then he's like, sorry, this house is, it's so old and so full of strange things. Yep. Anyway. But the doorman is also his assistant slash butler. It's um, one of those names I said earlier. Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. Let's see, uh, the invitation is authentic, but he doesn't remember sending it. Uh, yeah. So he has the, the, the butler set another couple places at the table. We see there's a painting on the wall. It has eyes in it, like real eyes that are watching. Uh, dinner is just bread and water. It's it's hard to eat bread. Yeah. Um, they they, they drop, name drop the cook, Frau Glockenspiel, and every time they do lightning strikes. It's very young Frankenstein, and I love it. Yeah, it's she's so spent, funny. She spent a lot of time in prison. Working in it? Unsure. I hope. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, she just cuts the bread in half and so they can eat it. Yeah, they're, t- they're asking about the bugs and stuff. And Mayor's just like, listen, the bugs get big here. And many of them do end up driving vehicles. Yeah! <laughs> the Mosquito Queen has a helicopter for some reason. Um, and then we also learned that no- the town of nowhere is literally on a different map than the rest of the world, which that joke specifically was like, oh, that's a Gravity Falls joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. It just extremely feels like a joke that would have been in Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, Eustace tells the mayor a knock-knock joke because he's been doing this running joke of talking about how, like, well, I didn't know we had a mayor, but I certainly didn't vote for him. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, per capita, more weird and creepy, mysterious stuff happens in nowhere than anywhere else in the world. It's on their flag. It is on their flag. Muriel has another riddle. I have seas without water, coasts without sand, towns without people, and mountains without land. What am I? The mayor immediately answers that it's a map. And Velma's like, I actually knew that one too, I just didn't get to answer it. Yeah. Uh, the mayor offers to take Velma and some of the others to the museum wing of the mansion. So Muriel, Velma, Fred, and Daphne all leave to go do that. The mayor leaves to go back to work. And Shaggy, Eustace, and the dogs stay and they eat more food. Um, this is where the they, they eat the bread um, after it gets cut in half in a threatening way. Yes. Uh, they end nowhere. Up, oh, go ahead. Uh, they end up heading into the kitchen. Yes. Where... Scooby and Shaggy plan to make a sandwich. To go to make a big sandwich. Yeah. You know, the famous joke about the big sandwich. They, they, they play around with, you know, the, the, the classic joke of the, the mustard bottle makes a funny sound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sounds like party. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eustace ends up getting frustrated by them all. Um, he opens the pantry door, I think it was. Yeah, he goes to get another bottle of mustard, but when he opens up the, the pantry, the butler and cook are both in there. Yeah! 
So he just closed it and he's like, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. yeah. He's heading home. Um, so Shaggy, Scooby, and Courage go to look for more ingredients, but when they open the pantry, it's the Cicada Queen. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the spooky Nowhere Museum wing full of stuff from the show, including um, that alien duck space laser and stuff like that, um, they, they, uh, they're just looking around. Um, Velma finds some missing books, Muriel and Daphne find footprints, and Fred's just astounded by all this creepy stuff. They, they find, uh, um, like, is it a news announcer? I can't remember what this character is. So they call from... him the Nowhere Newsman in the in the credits, but is like the, the narrator of the intro of the show. Yeah. He's basically narrating a, a little slice of documentary for this museum about Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. About how weird it is. Uh, it's like, welcome to Nowhere. Uh, you've done something that 10 out of 10 people will never do. And that makes you special. Yes. Much to Muriel's delight. And they also, like, directly name, like, oh yeah, evil mastermind cats and uh, extreme expert criminal thief Laquack. Uh, and he mentions that some people say the weirdness in Nowhere is from the nearby top secret military base, but others are not sure such a thing exists. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy and the dogs watch the mayor get got by the Cicada Queen. And then a baby cicada comes out of the pile of his remaining clothes. And they're like, oh god, he's been turned into a bug too. Mm-hmm. They get chased around the mansion by the cicada queen. They do a we, costume trick. We get a really extended costume distraction. Like, it's a very fun yes. It's a fun one. I love it. It <laughs> goes on forever, though, it, which is, it makes it even funnier. Where they're convincing the cicada queen that She's part of, like, a pest control service? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, completely Oh, fooled. great, a newbie. All right, my assistant here will show you the ropes. Puts the ropes in her hand. These are the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love that. I love that joke. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I thought they were going to use the ropes to tie her up. But no, she goes on to start spraying. Yeah. No, no, uh, the not only that, they put the ropes in her hand, then they start piling more stuff in her hands, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, they're just gonna leave her with a bunch of stuff in her hands and leave. No. 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 <laughs> they take her picture, give her a little, say like, oh yeah, you'll have a laminated ID badge in the mail. Yeah. Um, and then, here's your sprayer, get started. <laughs> she starts spraying around the room. She sees reaches a reflection a in the mirror. Starts yeah. spraying it, because it's a bug. Yeah, she wipes the mirror a little bit, and she looks at herself, and she sees Scooby, Shaggy, and Courage decostume, trying to sneak away. I thought that her spraying all the uh, the pest control stuff was gonna like get to her and like make her like sick, and that's how they were gonna get away. But yeah, it, it's a wild scene, and I love it. A lot of good jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they continue getting chased. Where they're chased into the museum, and the others, out of shock, bump into something on the bookcase. Which, actually, it was a statue of cats, wasn't it? Um, yeah, like a little statuette. Yeah. And the bookcase does the classic spin around into a different room. Um, Mm -hmm. Scooby, Shaggy, and Courage continue being chased. And, like, a whole bunch of, like, little things happen. But they're eventually 
joined by a bunch of smaller of the cicadas that are, like, bursting out of the wooden floors. Mm-hmm. We cut to the others, who apparently were knocked unconscious, but we see the bookcase in the background, so it's not like they were... Uh, it doesn't really matter. Oh, oh. Um, actually, mm-hmm. first, um, when, when the bugs start pouring out of every surface, there's just, like, a lot of, like, butt rock just playing suddenly. Yeah. It's, uh, I enjoyed that part. I was like, oh, <laughs> now it's this happening. <laughs> now the guitars are here. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so they're in this cave, and they're, like, in, uh, knocked over, and they find a machine on a table making a funny, funny sound. music. There's like an oscilloscope on a television that's attached to a gramophone that has a microphone in front of it. And there's like a radio back behind it somewhere. There's a fax machine next to it. It's apparently making phone calls to people. Yes. It's and we uh, get broadcasting see- the signal that the dogs heard earlier. Mm-hmm. And we yep. get to see that they, the people answer the phone, they're immediately hypnotized, and they stand up. Mm-hmm. We'll find out what they, end up, what they end up doing a little bit later. One of the people was the clown. Yes. Um, um, who's just hanging Shaggy. out at home in his clown costume. Like you do. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Shaggy and the dogs get chased by the bugs, and then they run into the butler and cook again, and they get spooked. Then there's a hallway scene, and then they end up back in the hallway where all the bugs came out of and fall through one of the holes, and directly onto the table in the cave, destroying it instantly, mm-hmm. and also causing rocks to fall in front of the, the bookcase entrance. Yep. And suddenly, gravity is all over the place now. Yep, suddenly gravity falls. <laughs> They're just floating now. Yep. Hey, why is water dripping upward? Hey, why are we all floating? Yeah. What's going on? I feel almost like, there are a few substances that could cause this, but I need like a stable internet connection to research, because she mentioned earlier that uh, her phone was having issues staying connected online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muriel brings up the fact that she has a computer at home and offers it to Velma. At home, Eustace is making <laughs> oh a sandwich. Oh my god. And laughing about the mustard bottle making a fart noise. Yep. Uh, as the people who answered the phones in that scene of people answering phones are all dropping off money and gold and diamonds for Eustace <laughs> to just pile into the living room. He's so happy. Yep. I mean... Um. Hey, if I so people were handing me that, I would also be happy. I would be really confused and concerned, but yeah, I would probably be more concerned than I was happy. I think. Yeah, uh, Eustace is not the kind of person to look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. If he got a gift horse, he'd sell it to make glue. Yeah. Uh, we do see that he's starting uh, to get kind of um in his head, and he complains at the clown, who is apparently only bringing him bags of cash and not, you know blocks of gold or diamonds or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And he takes the cash from the clown, closes the, the door, and the clown's like, well, easy come, easy go. Yep. <laughs> He's Just so chill. It. I want to know about this guy. Well, apparently he only stole the money so he could perform the heist of the century. So maybe he wasn't even too attached to the money. He just wanted to say he did it. Yeah. yeah. And then, Anyways, um... um uh, the others in, with the gang, uh, they follow just like a side cave out of the underground area and just end up outside of a cellar door in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> oh, capital are, N. Are we going to skip over Yusuf's song? I am. Oh, I thought yet. it was. 
Oh. It's the next time we cut to okay. Eustace. Okay. Um, before that, there's the they first introduce the cornfield. And so Muriel pulls out a jar of homemade courage snacks to convince Shaggy and the dogs to do it. Mur- she does- Muriel reveals to everyone else that they're, <laughs> they're just, just store-bought books. biscuits, but I put them in a jar. Yeah. And they're I heart-shaped. Mean- they are heart-shaped, and that's cute. Yeah. And they're much bigger than a Scoopy snack. They're, like, cookie-sized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, now Eustace is at home, Scrooge McDucking in the pile of money, and then does, like, a, a bad rap song. Uh, it's bad, but maybe not the worst? No, it's... It knows that it's bad. Like, this is a joke. Yeah. It is very clearly a joke. I think this uh, is, like, rifting on the... Sorry. No, go ahead. I think it's rifting on the, uh... I don't remember what it is, but, like, the straight out of blank. It's, uh, it's, it's riffing on the same thing that the title is riffing on, yeah. which is straight out of Compton. Yeah. Mm. I was fine with it, but it was like a full-length music video, which was painful for me to watch. It, it's not the worst bad music we've had in this series, so I'm willing to let it slide because I think it's it, it was it was bombastic and weird enough. Yeah, that I'm like you know what? Fine, I'll give it to you. And, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And it has a really good punchline at the end. Oh, <laughs> the thing at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It ties really well with that. But so as the the rest of the gang are like going through the uh cornfield uh scooby shaggy and courage are startled by a scarecrow um and but then they're convinced later, yeah they they're convinced that the scarecrow is normal and then later yeah. the scarecrow follows behind them and rips its skin off to be the cicada queen i want to point oh! out that the cica- the the scarecrow in the initial shot had cicada queen hands that's true yes <laughs> which I, I saw and i was like eh eh um, it was really fun. So they get chased for a little bit, um, and even the cicada queen's like confused about everybody running in every direction. It's like, I where, who's going where, and who should I be following? And oh, and, oh goodness, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the everybody in the gang sets on some of the shed cicada exoskeletons, so we know that all the bugs can fly now. Mm-hmm. So the, the bugs are flying now, and a swarm shows up. And ends up abducting everyone, except, except for, for the dogs. Except for the well, and for Shaggy. Scooby, Shaggy, and Courage. With yeah, sh- the last scene of Velma uh, being taken away, is like she's yelling, like, "What they should do is they need to find the source." Or here's my tablet. Person. Find the source. Dig it up. Yeah. Um, Shaggy starts to give a really heartfelt speech about courage is not the absence of fear, but action in the face of fear. Or He's paraphrasing the um, self-help book, I think he was. Yeah, like they, they listened to it for a bit, oh, and he's right. like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to act despite that. You know, maybe the fact that we're scared every day means we're not actually afraid of anything. <laughs> and then, um... He immediately he, gets taken by a bug. He, yeah, he's immediately taken. Scooby and Courage are not happy about it. Yeah. They're very, very distressed. Courage does one of the charade things with Scooby to come up with a plan. Luckily, Courage knows how to use technology and mm-hmm. takes Velma's tablet to the computer. Yes. It's the computer from Courage. I love that guy. Yeah. 
Um, Courage plugs the tablet in so that way the computer can get the data and solve the problem and also so the two devices can just openly flirt in front of them. Yeah! Okay. Uh, The the expression on Scooby and Courage's face was my expression. And it was very funny. (laughs) They are disgusted by this display. They're so frustrated by this. They're being chased by bugs. They, They don't have time for the computer and tablet to flirt. Exactly. I think they're cute. They are cute. <laughs> also, Bees, I'm going to post this here so you can just have this image if you ever need it. Yes! I love it! Also, just imagine if cicadas, because cicadas come out every 17 years in certain areas like where I live currently. I thought it was yeah. 7. I, well, I looked it up and it says 17. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, okay. You just imagine either a seventeen-year or in some parts of the area a thirteen-year. If every seventeen years the cicadas just appeared everywhere, and you everyone had like prepare for cicada season, Charlie, it sounds like um, a Welcome to Night Vale plot. You know what? It does. Here's the thing about Welcome to Night Vale is that I think it's actually just Courage the Cowardly Dog fan fiction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I could see the the events but of nowhere. Creepy stuff happens in Night Vale. Yeah, it would be a really fun crossover, which I would be surprised if it didn't exist somewhere. Me sending a message to everyone. It's almost cicada season, so wish me luck trading with the giant bugs. I promise I won't get taken away by the queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so apparently the farmhouse is in the center of the impact crater that killed the dinosaurs. <sighs> Wild. So the dogs need to dig up the chunk of meteor, which is made out of unstable dark matter. Of course it is. Um, so they go to do that. Uh, and as they're digging down, they keep getting hit by the funky noise. And it's a lot of fun visuals. Just lots of good color work. It's so good. As they dance, dig their way down for a while and get to the meteor cavern. It's such a delight. It's like, perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's very good. I Okay, I guess I'm going to talk about it now because we're almost towards the end. Mm-hmm. This is... Not necessarily a Scooby-Doo movie. Because it is so extremely a Courage the Cowardly Dog movie. It is! It really is! It's a Courage the Cowardly Dog movie that Scooby and and the gang are just in. And I think that's good. I think it's very good to be that. Because it's been a very, very long time for Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, despite the creator not being involved, I think this does, like, hit a lot of, like... The, Good the major parts of what like a courage the cowardly dog plot is and like the the stuff that is emblematic of the series mm-hmm. i think the scooby gang fit really well in with it even though they don't have a mystery to solve really like it it is a mystery but it's not really a mystery you know the mystery they're solving is they're just like going with the flow and being like oh i want to i want to know what's with all these bugs yeah and when you're given the answer of, well, that's just how Nowhere is, they're just like, well, why is Nowhere like that? Yeah. We find out why Nowhere is like that. Yeah. Why no- nowhere is like that. And it doesn't even make any sense. It's it's Nowhere. It's it's good. Um, God, there's a thing I was just going to say, and now I've forgotten it. Oh, no. Oh, well. We'll see it what happens. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah. So they dance dig their way down into the meteor cavern, and they see the meteor is plugged into sort of a machine that's keeping it spinning, like a light globe from Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this sand even come from? It's never explained, but I was- It is, it is explained. Is it? I don't- yeah. I guess I forgot. 
It it's explained in like the last twenty seconds. It felt like okay. Yeah. So all the cicadas show up as the dogs grab the meteor and run, and it keeps setting off shock rate shock waves that keep changing the appearance of Scooby and Courage. Because it just does that. Yeah. Yep. They find Velma's glasses and they see like the gang and Muriel who are just sort of like being puppeted about. It. So this scene, it's very spooky. Yeah, at first I thought they were like actually being puppeted about like evilly, but no, they're just kind of just hanging up there, and it's like because of the fear that they just inherently have that it comes across across yeah. as being spooky. Yeah, it it felt very much like a moment from Courage the Cowardly Dog, which was inexplicably terrifying every once in a while. Oh, that's probably what I was going to say. The the only two major things that I think we're missing from this, as far as like major Courage standouts. Mm-hmm. Because um, they're like there are like some background images of a lot of the stuff. Um, like I ended up on that Fred Wikipedia or not Wikipedia, but fan p- wiki page, and like included on the gallery of that was literally any scene where you could see part of the portrait that Fred is in in mm-hmm. the background image of like the pest control scene. Right. But like you know, there's no return the slab. Yes, there is. Is there? I don't remember which scene it was in, but it was there. Yeah, I'm sure it was like in like a, a painting or something in the background. It was, yeah. Um, but they didn't play the audio clip, you know. Gotcha. And there was no, you're not special, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a weird one to try to pull off because it was just a dream sequence that Courage had that one time. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, they um, it turns out they're just hanging up there, so they set everybody free. Um, they run for the exit. With the meteor, which because gravity's funky is easy to do because the the exit's at the top. Yeah. Everyone keeps getting blasted by the meteor and they become fun little things. Except for Fred who gets turned into cubes that falls apart. Yeah. yeah. I like Daphne how she turns into um a little pixel 2D animation. Yeah, yeah that was my favorite. Uh, I think Velma's slug form is kind of cute. Yeah. Fish Muriel, also kind of I- cute. What did Shaggy turn into? He turned into like a. God, I have well, and I have the picture on my Twitter account. Like a little blob. It's like of a little some kind. Blob like a, of some kind, yeah. Like um, um some kind of. He's like a, a, a giant amoeba. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But but what I loved about it is he still had his goatee. Yep. Yeah, he still had his facial hair on it. It was like ah, it's adorable. One of the several screenshots I took of this movie. Yeah. Um. See the other one. Velma is so good with the little glasses. Mm-hmm. I also took um this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is um, what if Courage looked like Shaggy and said Zoinks? Yeah. Yeah. He turned into Velma once too. Yes, to, uh, yes. to try to put together the the plan. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they they make their way to the top. Um, mm-hmm. but and there's like some nice music playing. But, unfortunately, uh, Muriel ends up getting kidnapped. She has the meteor, which then immediately gets dropped. And Courage uses it to save Muriel. Yep. Um, and then Cicada Queen gets it back and then becomes kaiju-sized. And Courage and Muriel on a floating rock. And Courage remembers Shaggy's speech about how Courage is Courage. And Courage... There's a lot of Shaggy saying the word Courage. 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 And he's like, I- Courage? That's me! <laughs> I thought there was going to be a moment where Shaggy was yelling at Courage, yelling for Courage to, like, get up or something like that. But no, mm-hmm. it's just him remembering. So Pokemon, the first movie. Yeah. No, not the first movie, the second one. 
the world will turn to ash. Ash, yeah. Um, it felt very much to me like this was Courage finally understanding his name. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go I, quite that hard into I, it. Into I it. can't remember if it's around here or uh, before when Courage finally says the famous live, the famous line of the things I do for love. I think that's oh, when Mario here. Uh, got uh, kidnapped, uh, and he attached the meteor to like his head to fly up at her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, um, he goes. He gets the rock. Saves the day. Becomes giant. Um, they gets do a giant fight. Beat. He he does yeah. get beaten, but then Muriel um, runs and gets the meteor and shrinks Courage to normal size so he can dodge the final attack. Uh, he takes. I was gonna say he almost got squashed like a bug. He did almost get squashed like a bug by a bug. Yeah. Um, he goes up to a, a windmill to hide. The windmill gets destroyed, so he blasts the cicada down to normal size, which is still big for a cicada. Yeah. And then he blasts all the broken windmill parts, and they fall down to form a cage and trap the cicada. And then he returns everything else to normal. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, good job, Courage! Way to go, little pink dude! Yeah. <laughs> it's now time for unmasking. Yeah, it's time to unmask this bug that could have just been a real bug. Yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be an unmasking, I thought it was just a bug. Yeah. I mean, consider the fact that this bug could have had any kind of motivation as a bug. Like... It, it, it it's nowhere. It could have had a motivation, but we like, have to have an unmasking because it's a Scooby Doo movie, right? I think in a twenty-two minute Courage the Cowardly Dog episode, the uh, the thing is that the uh, cicadas were actually aliens, and they wanted the meteor to go home. Mm. And Courage would have given it to the the cicadas, and they would have like left with like some thing that makes Courage and Muriel's life better. And also, it turns out Eustace was like left in space or something. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> usually happens. That's how basically no, every Courage the Cowardly Dog episode ends. <laughs> no, sir, not getting out of this chair. Um, but no, it, intent, instead, it turns out to be the, the mayor. mayor. Um, but no, no, it's not the mayor. Yeah, they're dealing something with something. They're dealing with something more sinister and untrustworthy than a politician, if there is such a thing. <laughs> says Velma. So I guess, uh, uh, and Velma has a, a riddle for Muriel. <laughs> when is a mayor not a mayor? When it's cats and Laquack in a robot mayor suit. Yeah. yeah. No one knows who this is. <laughs> yes, this is hysterical. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that Courage has had several direct confrontations with both of these creatures of animal. Yeah. Um, Velma also only has to say the guys uh, who were displayed in the museum before everyone, including Courage, was like, oh. Yeah, they explain what they learned about the meteor, or that they learned about the meteor and decided to become mayor to find the location of where to dig, and that the power of the meteor has been affecting everything in nowhere for millions of years. It's why creepy stuff happens in nowhere. And so they wanted the unlimited power and they were going to use it to get rich. Um, but when the mystery-solving teens arrived, they had to up the game and use it to control giant cicadas to keep them busy. Yep. Which is part of why it was in the, on the spinny device. They put it on the spinny device because by doing that, it does weird things to animals. So uh, we okay. get confirmation that the cicadas that are giant are real. Yep. Yep. Because bugs in nowhere just get big. They just get big. Um, and they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you, Matt, and then they get interrupted by the <laughs> butler and the cook. 
who turned out to be the general and the commander or whatever their names were in disguise. Lieutenant, I think? Yeah. Yeah, they're here to arrest Katz and Laquack. And the gang are like, hold on, we need to unmask this guy. And they try to unmask Katz, but they're like, no, that's just his face. He's just a big cat. Yeah, he is Fred, just a big cat. Fred and Daphne and Velma are very confused. It's like, uh, they, don't, they don't get it. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, Laquack finally calls them meddling teenagers. And uh, the government is going to take the money and the criminals. And they're planning on taking the meteor. But the meteor starts making them dance, and Courage has the idea to put yep. the meteor in the farmhouse and have a dance party. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, Cats and Laquack are just there. Cats is just like, I hate this. Laquack I wish I had a better sense of it. rhythm. Yeah. And Daphne's like, listen, I thought it was going to be Eustace like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fred and Daphne both admit that, and Eustace. He Eustace dirty dances appears. his way across the the floor. He's got headphones in, and he's got a towel on. And he's that's still it. singing his little song. From he's before. singing a song, which now explains because I thought to myself when I saw the valuables that the government had confiscated, I thought to myself, okay, but why did Eustace let them do this? It's because he was just taking a shower. Yeah. So he comes down the stairs and he looks and he's like, "Where's my money?" And then he's compelled to dance. And he's so frustrated by it. It's uh -huh. so funny. And the dancing goes on for maybe just a little too long. Yeah. Really trying to pad out that hour 17 that they need to hit for every Scooby-Doo movie. Mm -hmm. And we have one more riddle. What's furry, sweet, and brave all over? It's courage dooby-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. Bye. Good night, folks. Bye. Goodbye. They say they're returning the money to the, the uh, to, to the owners, and I'm just thinking, are they going to give the, the the money back to the clown? <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet the clown could pull it off. Yeah, oh, yeah, this I was think, my money. I think I think those fools are uh, incompetent <laughs> enough to do such a thing. Absolutely, this movie was a lot of fun. It was it was very fun. It yeah. was a delight to watch. Like I, I don't. I agree with you about how this is a Courage the Cowardly Dog movie with Scooby stuff added in because, and it's it's very much a, a victim of crossover-itis where Cats and Laquack didn't need to be in this. They really didn't. But, but like, you know, they're, they're like, especially Cats is extremely one of the, the most recurring Courage the Cowardly Dog antagonists. I'm yeah. Yeah. It it fits for what it is. You know who got a surprising amount of play as far as like a uh, one of the monsters that gets referenced a lot in this film, the sea oh. monster from the Carmen episode. Really, I don't remember that at all. Um, it have it comes up a lot because it's just like a red sea serpent with like ah. a, a single eye and like a, a hair on the side of its face. Um. Huh. But I remember that being a, an episode that hinged at the end on like courage, help performing, and off you know the operatic song of Carmen, ah, in like a sea cave and rescuing Muriel. It's one of the ones that like I vaguely remember pretty well. Mm -hmm. Something in this movie that kind of surprised me, but it might just be a matter of my memory of courage isn't as good. Eustace got a lot more screen time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sure that Eustace had a lot of screen time in the main show, but it didn't always feel like it. So he was in this a good portion. Not obviously for the main chase stuff, but still a lot. It's, um, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. 
So, we have a conundrum. How are we going to rank this if it's not a Scooby-Doo movie? Well, I think we should start from the middle and work our way up or down as we see fit. Should be this one? Yeah. It is Big Top. Big Top, okay. I think? Uh, It might be. 23? Yeah, it should be. Top. I was off by one. It's Big Top. Okay. So, is this better or worse than Big Top Scooby-Doo? I do think it's better. Yeah, here's the thing. The fact that it's like not, quote, a Scooby-Doo movie, it's not something that I ever try to hold against these movies. Yeah. Um, I mean... Because we, we've got, I've gone on record, at the very least, of saying that I think when a Scooby-Doo movie um, breaks the traditional storytelling format yes. of a Scooby-Doo episode, it's good. Yeah, you've said this recently, too. Mm-hmm. And also there's the fact that we've run, uh, ranked uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog 2020 in this, so... Yeah. And so, like yes. they did solve a mystery and all that. So like yeah, it's it's it it counts. I agree. Um and it's good. And I I think it's better than Big Top. Then we've got Happy Halloween Scooby Doo. Now is this better or worse than the movie in which Scarecrow's there? Oh. Scarecrow's there and has like this uh weird adversarial relationship with Velma Dinkley. It's really hard, but I had more fun watching this movie than I did with Happy Halloween Scooby Doo. Like I, I would say it's of, I would say it's very close. Yeah, it's close. Um, but like as in terms of crossover, because that's what they both were. Mm-hmm. I mean, Happy Halloween Scooby Doo was an unexpected Batman crossover. Like, where did this come from? They didn't have to be Scarecrow at all, but it was. And it was mm-hmm. fun. Um, and he fit pretty well. But, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog fits so well in this movie. Yeah, because it, it was, was such a Courage the Cowardly Dog crossover that it was mostly yeah. a Courage the Cowardly Dog film. Yeah. I liked it more. Okay. Alright, how do we feel about this compared to Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery? Charlie, you were on for that episode. What do you think? You know, Kiss <laughs> Rock and Roll was a lot of fun. It they kind of have similar, like, chaotic energies, although in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I would describe uh, Straight Outta Nowhere as being more wholesome. Yes, yeah. it's definitely more wholesome than the Kiss movie. But I think, overall, I enjoyed this movie a bit more than the Kiss movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just... I could it. agree to that. Yeah. There's just something about courage and just this whole movie that I just really enjoyed watching. It had, as we were talking about at the beginning, it had all the really cute stuff with the gang having a grandma just hanging out with them the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Literally the whole time. Like, Eustace yeah. leaves halfway through. But, yeah. like, Muriel's <laughs> grandma is just here. Yeah. Muriel is just there for an adventure. Yeah. Is this better or worse than Goblin King? But I will say it's not nearly as good as Goblin King. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think it's better than Chill Out Scooby-Doo, though. Ooh. I think this is our new number four, personally. I think it is our new number four. Ooh. I love to come on for good episodes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what is that? Three out of the five are in the first seven. Yeah. That you've been on. What can I say? I just 
I pick good movies to watch. Yeah. You really know how to pick them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real time trap over here. Unless. Maybe I should put time trap on the list of movies. <laughs> time trap? Uh, B's Time Trap is a movie that Charlie and I just watched because Charlie was like, I want to watch this movie called Time Trap. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was just it was a movie that did not end up being what we thought it was going to be after reading the synopsis. Oh dear. Not in a bad way. No. It was just <laughs> It was just a very different movie. <laughs> I thought it was going to be spookier than it was. It just it went more for like the um this is a short story you're reading in like a book of like weird science fiction than it is in spooky science fiction. Yeah, mm. I thought it was going to be closer to like The Descent, which is like a horror movie about being underground in caves it, it definitely did not have that energy <laughs> it felt like if someone was extremely inspired by goosebumps books wrote uh-huh. a sci-fi movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah because of the way it ends is like extremely oh this is the ending of a goosebumps book yeah you know what now that you say that i absolutely agree all right um well, I guess it's time for me to read the list one last time. One last- Starting from the bottom to the top, here we go. Monster of Mexico, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, Return to Zombie Island, Scooby Goes Hollywood, Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, Samurai Sword, Frank and Creepy, Curse of the Lake Monster, Gourmet Ghost, WWE Curse of the Speed Demon, Alien Invaders, Loch Ness Monster, Legend of the Vampire. Aloha, Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Lego Scooby-Doo, Blowout Beach Bash, Pirates Ahoy, Lego Scooby-Doo, Haunted Hollywood, Big Top, Curse of the 13th Ghost, Stage Fright, Scoob, Sword in the Scoob, Moon Monster Madness, School School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Phantasaurus, Light. Shaggy Showdown, Abracadabra, Do Daphne and Velma, and Batman Brave and the Bold, <laughs> Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummies, Chill Out Scooby Doo, Straight Out of Nowhere, Goblin King, Witches, Ghost, Camp Scare. Hell Ooh. yeah! Woo! That's and it. this That's is everything. the last one until they release a new one. It's yes. the last one until the next one. Yeah. Yes. And I'm glad here to be for the last one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm back here again sometime in the future for the whatever ones are made. Yeah. Yeah, because we are now at 100% completion. <laughs> I'm glad to be here from the beginning to the end. Goodness. <sighs> yeah, that's, um... Huh. Weird. Now what? Um... <laughs> you watched I guess again. this is the part where we do plugs. Yeah. So, Charlie, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna plug... Uh, my stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Magical Underscore Pride. Or you can go follow the podcasts I do. Like other other pod where I play Phantom the Brain. It's a mass actual play podcast that's released monthly. Or you can go should I plug should I plug Precure podcast? Sure. Or you can go listen to Precure podcast Engage where me and Cassidy uh are watching the entire Predicure franchise. We're currently almost done with Max Heart, and we'll be on to whatever we watch next. We should probably figure out when we're going to put up that poll. Yeah. Uh, or you can go follow Breathing X Space on Twitter, which is a space western uh, audio drama where I was in season one and two, and I vote for season two, which will be out probably 
by time this episode goes out, depending on when you put this episode out. Um, it'll go out on probably the 27th. Yeah, then the second season of Weaving Space will be currently airing, I believe, by that point. Or you can go follow Devoid of Space on Twitter, which is my space for podcasts, but there's nothing there really about it for now. But you can follow it for any updates to the podcast. And that's that's it. That's all my vlogs. Alright. Uh, would you like to post something that you're not involved with? Hmm. Yeah, I would love to. I think you should go listen to Dice Comics, which is another mass actual play podcast. Uh, it's new. It uh, is it technically takes place in the, the DC universe, but they kind which of means make- it's technically canonical to Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. I should have I dropped that news on Indy. <laughs> I, I, I'll have to ask Indy the next time we're in a group chat. Yeah. Uh, so is Scooby Doo real in your podcast? <laughs> So it's, it takes place in the DC universe, but they 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 make it their own. Uh, all the characters are essentially OCs. Um, and another good thing about the podcast is that uh, most of the cast is a uh, BIPOC, which is really awesome. And it's just a really good podcast so far, and I think you should go and listen and support them. It's good. I I also agree. I have listened to all of it. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog, and you can tweet at us the next time we miss uh, when they announce a movie. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I probably won't be checking too often when I don't have to check every month. <laughs> anyway, feel, feel, feel really weird. Uh, hey, bees. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lava Bees, L A V A B E E S. I don't do much. That's true. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotnist. It's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find all the podcasts that I do and that I've guessed it on on my website. It's at MadLobotnist.NeoCities.org. Just send us Twitter handle.NeoCities.org. <sighs> um, well, that's the that, end. That's all, folks. That's it. Um, as, as they say, uh... What the heck is that? <laughs> that's birthday <laughs> cake mayonnaise. <laughs> What? <laughs> Charlie That's posted most... a nightmare picture in the chat. Um, horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Here's the thing is I think that anything that's birthday cake flavored is the worst tasting dish I've ever had in my life. If I didn't know yes. this was mayonnaise, that little picture in the spoon, I would just think it was ice cream. I thought it would have been like a it would make it would be it would make more sense if it was like a whipped cream or something, but it is yeah. extremely Bad. What would you put this on? Um, like a cucumber sandwich, maybe something that's like going to be sweet adjacent, yeah. but you don't want it to be dry. I like mayonnaise. Is the thing I know I people also, who don't, but I, like, I enjoy a nice olive oil mayonnaise. Genuinely, this looks fake as hell. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. We'll see you next time, whenever that is. Yep. Um, but until then, I'm just gonna put in the uh, the ending song to Bear in the Big Blue House. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, I say, well that's okay. Because we'll see you very soon. I know. <laughs> and we would but, have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for now, I'm saying this. Okay, if it weren't yeah. for us meddling kids.
It's our you're you're the last person to say no, anything. No, the pressure's on. <laughs> um, and don't forget forget to to chip your servers. <laughs> That's all, folks. Bye. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. goodbye. And tomorrow.